Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of This Is Marriage Podcast, the podcast about relationships and families and a shitload of unsolicited advice. I am one of your hosts, Porter. I'm the uh, other host, Ashley. Normally you wait for the segue, like I can say, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, or joined with me is my beautiful wife, and then I point to you and then Oops. you talk. I'm just excited to be here. Okay. First off, I, I feel like we need to apologize for last week. We suck. We are. Uh, we didn't do it. I don't remember why. We, I, I don't think we had anything to talk about. Yeah, that's kind of been our thing <laughs> for a lot of months. Like all of them. <laughs> well, just recently. I, I guess I should say weeks, not months, because <clears throat> it hasn't been like a th- ongoing thing about months, but. This new year has been really hard for us. Yeah. January sucked. It was like 17 years long, too. It was so long. But it, uh, we haven't really had topics that have like sparked us. It's like, yeah, I want to talk yeah. about that. We've had ideas, but it's like, well, we either need to interview someone mm-hmm. or we need to do like a bunch of research to fill our time. And we don't do research. No. This is not that show. No. This is... Uh, Opinions, not facts. <laughs> totally unqualified advice. Exactly. Unqualified and unsolicited. Yes. But yeah, uh, I actually, I don't, I don't know if it's just like a an us thing or 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 the year thing or if other people yeah. feel this way. Because I wrote a blog about being not present on my blog because I'm like, I'm just kind of. What, what is your blog? Where can people find your blog? Oh, thanks for that mm-hmm. uh, subtle little, little plug. ping. Yeah. Uh, wildandashes.com. Okay, so tell us what your blog was about. Uh, it was about being uninspired, I guess. Because mm-hmm. um, I know if you're if you're in blogging or if you're on social media or any type of influencer or whatever, they kind of tell you like consistency is key. Same with anything, you know. You it can't is. get better at anything if you're not consistent. With this podcast, we need to be consistent. We need to show up for our listeners. And we kind of suck ass, but the same thing has happened with the blog and even with my Instagram a little bit. I'm like, if I don't have something to post, I'm not going to follow the rules of, oh, you have to post every day. You have to post every other day, regardless of it's shit. You have to post because you have to be consistent. I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to post if I don't want to post. Same with <laughs> blogs. If I don't have an idea, I'm not going to bullshit some three paragraphs about god knows what because i need to write a blog yeah and we'd rather give you zero podcast than something that doesn't really matter to us although our level of (laughs) what what qualifies as sucking ass versus what qualifies as good you know who knows i don't i don't know where we fall in that line but i don't either that's Mm. that's for you the listeners to decide and not for us we think we're great so well and evidently so do at least a few of our listeners most of them yeah this isn't going to be an ongoing feature because we don't have that many reviews. <laughs> We're not those people that can can start every single podcast out with, and this is our reviewer of the week. Yeah. We're not uh, my favorite murder. No. Yet. <laughs> but we, we did have a couple come in um, in January. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm going to read, read our, our most recent one. Um, it was from... <laughs> Which is, <laughs> is code for, I don't want to give you my name. And so she just randomly type numbers on a keyboard. Yeah. Um, this one's, the title is Too Legit to Quit. And it says, Ash and Porter put on an awesome show that's so easy to relate to. 
Love the down-to-earth real talk and how they really put themselves and their lives out there for the world to see. Nobody tries to put on an image. Just two peeps talking about being peeps together. I love peeps. They're delicious. I thought you hated peeps. No, they're good. I feel like this is a lie. I feel like you're just <laughs> saying this to like please the, the audience. Anyway, I wish we knew who you were. Thank yeah. you Thank for you. your kind Gilles, words. Gilles, Gilles, Gilles. You know, I, I, I don't understand the anonymity, but... I respect it. Oh, I so. totally understand it. I'm like way too scared to say my name for anything. Yeah. I'm just a big old scary cat. Say my cat. name. Say my name. Sorry, I got the sniffles. Yeah. It's uh it's been kind of a uninspired month. Yeah, February month. so far. And even February so far, we're not off to a great start. We uh, Ash and I both stayed home from work today because of the horrific amounts of snow. But the both the good and shitty thing about that is that that meant Wild didn't go to daycare. And so we were both at home and it was like, well, I have work to do. Well, so do I. Well, someone's got to watch the baby, which, you know, obviously defaults to Ash. Yeah. Um, I wasn't. Yes, I was going to say it. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> but, a, little a little bitter, I guess. But yeah, we were, we were at home with the baby today. But... On the good end of things, well, yeah, good end of things. Monday night, we had a pretty cool experience. We got at the very last second. My boss surprised us with tickets to the Adam Sandler show stand up. And where were we seated, Ash? We were on the floor, 10th row. Yeah. 10th row floor seats. 10th row back from the stage. Yeah. It was. When you looked at the Jumbotron thing um, and then looked at him, they looked the exact same because we were that, that close. Yeah. He was, it was that, that there real There was people life. around us who kept only watching him through the, the, monitors. the monitors. And I'm like, dude, he's right there. Yeah. Cherish this. Yeah. Soak in this. That's like recording a concert with your phone. Don't yeah. watch the concert through your Which, phone. I was surprised when we went to Metallica how many people did. They literally didn't even look at the concert. Yeah. They just held up their phones and watched it through that tiny little viewfinder. Yeah. I think I got my phone out like one time for Metallica. Yeah. Anyways, phones were not allowed yeah. at the Adam Sandler showing. They were not showing, But there were still so many fucking people. People just don't care. Absolute disregard for the rules. Yeah. No respect. Yeah. Respect. Anyways. And see, you're too young. You don't get that. But that's an Adam Sandler skit. It talks about respect. See, and I, uh, it was a good show. I enjoyed myself, and I was very appreciative of the the free tickets. Rob Schneider opened up for him, which he was hilarious. Yeah, Rob Schneider was great. But I, uh, I grew up with Adam Sandler's movies, so his stand up and his skits and his SNL are completely foreign to me. Because number one, I didn't watch SNL. Number two, I think I was just a little bit too young for any of his like cds or stand up or anything like that because we have a pretty big age gap between us and so if i was listening to those cds in like the mid 90s yeah you would have been like seven years old yeah and i would hope that my parents would me listen (laughs) or let me listen to that because you watch saturday night live yeah he he said fuck like every other syllable in that one that you showed me on yeah online (laughs) Well, and that was one of the things I was surprised by because you talk about his movies and being a big fan, and this has nothing to do with what we're talking about today, but... Surprise! <laughs> we're just killing time at this point. His movies are all like PG-13. Like I think he has done, over the course of a thousand movies, I think he's made maybe two, maybe three rated R movies. 
but they're all like very kid friendly. Yeah. And yet you get this guy with a microphone in front of the crowd and he literally could not complete a sentence without saying the F word. Yeah. At, at least uh, once. I have never heard the word fuck so many times Rob in my Sh- entire life. Rob Schneider was the same way too. It wasn't nearly as bad as no. Adam Sandler's. When what? Adam Sandler even came out, he's like, oh, he, he curses a lot more than I thought he would. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I was surprised to see, to hear that, you know, coming from those two considering the movies that they've made. But Adam Sandler, and you made a good point that you think that he was so awkward on stage. Like his stage presence is so oh, like, yeah. uncomfortable. He was like so socially awkward up on stage. That it's like him saying fuck, like at a pause, like when he would breathe in sentences or like normal people would say, um, or like, like. or, you know, something like that, that, that kind of pause, he would fill it in with, with the F word. And it was just, by the end of the night, I had, I kind of stopped even hearing it because it was so much that you just kind of, you become desensitized to it. Yeah. He did a lot, a lot of singing and Porter and I all day today have gone back and <laughs> forth with some of his songs stuck in our head. Well, some of them were so short. It was like, most of them there was one, so one or short. two lines and then it just ended like yeah. this abrupt just end and then he'd go on to talking to doing his next bit and just start talking again yeah it was bizarre i was not expecting how the show was yeah it was good though i mean i'm glad that we went at the end he did like this um what's the word i'm thinking of he did this oh, thing tribute. for tribute, yeah, yeah that's it, for Chris, Chris Farley. Farley. Was super touching. Oh, got all weepy during that. Well, and then, and he, then did he did the remake of uh, from Fifty First, not Fifty First Dates, Wedding Singer, the Girl Old with You. Oh, I've never seen Wedding Singer. Oh my god! So I didn't get that reference. Yeah, that, that song is from the Wedding Singer, where he's like, "I want to grow." Old. I'm not going to sing it, but and then he he changed the words. He did that for his wife, didn't he? Yeah, but then at the end, he said, then this goes out to you guys, like, thank you for growing oh, yeah. old with me. And then he did this, like, crazy long, this montage of him from Saturday Night Live days till now, and, like, his growing up and getting older on film. Yeah, that was weepy, too. Yeah. I cry at everything. Lately. Always. Yeah. More so now. But that was super fun. It was, it yeah. was a great time. I His comedy is definitely not for... For the faint of heart it was also super vulgar he yeah. had one bit that made ash just super cringy and there was as i kind of was trying to look around at like the women surrounding us i don't think you were alone i think a lot no. of the women i saw a couple too were visibly like uncomfortable yeah with with a couple of his skits where it was just just awful yeah <laughs> just so cringy and then by the time it ends you're like oh god i need to go take a shower <laughs> Anyways, that yeah, that was really fun. I'm yeah, glad we it was went. A good time. We uh, obviously don't get out much. <laughs> get out for dates and without big, the baby. Big props to Mama Kim for stepping up and coming over and watching the baby with such short notice. Yeah. Well done. Mad respect. Mad respect. Well, Ash, should we should we do it to it? Should we dive right in? Do we have any other business busyness? Um, I don't think so. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm wearing my business socks. I can't see your feet. There's a table in between us. I'm actually not wearing socks. It was just more of like a, from the song, business, business time. He talks about socks in that song? Maybe I'm mistaken. I don't know. But anyway, it's business time. (laughs) It's not business. It's not that business time. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's never that business time. Hey. <laughs> Whoa. Ash and I have had a tendency lately of one of us will be in the mood, and then by the time we turn off the TV and be like, hey, let's go upstairs, the other <laughs> one is sound asleep on the couch. <laughs> Like we were watching Ted Bundy the other night. Who falls asleep during Ted <laughs> Bundy, I passed, Porter? I passed the fuck out <laughs> watching Ted Bundy. Not even like drinking. Just I just fell asleep. You know watching Ted Bundy. How much I love you. So I'm. I may have did an Instagram lie. I fudged a little bit, and on when I was home on Monday, I'm like, I'm gonna or my, yeah, I think it was Monday. I'm like, I'm just binge watching Ted Bundy tapes all day long. He comes home. You watch Ted Bundy without me. I'm like, listen, I tried to when was Wild so was asleep. Wild woke up like five minutes in, and so no, I didn't watch it. But then, what do, what happens? We watch the first episode. He fucking falls asleep. There was only like ten minutes left. You missed a lot of critical information, and you know how lucky you are that I love you, that when Netflix is like starting episode two, I'm like... <sighs> you had to go to work the next day, too. It's not like you could just stay up all night. Uh, was that on Monday night? It was Tuesday night. Oh. No. Well, I don't know when it was, but... Yeah, it must have been, because Monday night we were at Adam Sandler, so it must have been last night. Regardless, you're lucky that I didn't just say, play next episode. <laughs> and then I wake up, and it's like 4 o'clock in the morning, and you're like six episodes deep. My I don't eyes know are how just long... bloodshot, and I've got big bags under my eyes. I don't even know how long the season is. I don't either. Is. But yeah, Ted Bundy, if you guys aren't watching it, check it out. It's creepy AF. It's super interesting. Yeah. So speaking of uh, guilt. <laughs> what the fuck? That was the worst segue ever. You know what? Who is speaking of guilt? Nobody even <laughs> said the word guilt. How are you transitioning into guilt? I'm just trying to take your job and do the segues. Apparently, you need to only do the segues. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking in my head, like, maybe I felt guilty for watching it oh, without okay. you or something, or you felt guilty for falling asleep. I don't know. Neither of which are true. <laughs> so speaking of guilt, do you want to introduce our topic for the night? <laughs> yeah. So a while ago, we talked about mom guilt, and I, I remember during that episode, as we were talking, I was like, yeah, I don't feel any dad guilt. Like, I don't even think that's a thing. Yeah, I remember that. And, and since then, you know, I've kind of thought a little bit more about that. And I was listening to one of my most favoritest podcasts. And I don't know if this is a drinking moment or not, but. English teacher, favoritist, favoritist. You know what? Can I just get on with it? Can I tell the story? Anyway, I don't know if this is part of the drinking game where we talk about podcasts that we like. Show must go on. That's a drinking game for sure. Like quoting a movie. The show oh my god go anyway on. i'm gonna turn off your microphone <laughs> so one of my this podcast that i really enjoy it's by it, you know it's hosted by two people one of which is like 45 the other one is like 22 it's called views they're youtube guys it's i don't know how i even found it but it's kind of like this thing that i really enjoy anyway the older guy is divorced and has two kids and in this last episode that i was listening to the uh, a couple of the people were we're kind of giving him shit about the way that he raises his kids and what kind of parent he is. And not like in a bad way, like you're a shitty dad, but more like you're trying too hard and you're doing too much for your kids. Yeah. And his kind of logic behind it, and he's divorced and his logic behind it was that he's like, yeah, I understand. 
I'm I'm overcompensating. Like I'm trying to make up for lost time because I only get them like every other weekend or whatever. And he's like, I just feel guilty like all the time. I try and go to their school stuff. I try and, you know, I t- get up at like five o'clock in the morning to drive them to school. I go to all their different things. You know, I'm on the PTA or whatever. And the one, his co-host made the observation and I thought it was interesting. He says, you see your kids more as a part-time dad than mm-hmm. I saw my parents when they were both full-time in the house. Like you're yeah. that present. And he's like, I know, but it's just not enough. Like, I just feel like I'm not there. And so when I am there, I overcompensate and I'm always trying to be the fun dad. And so he ends up spoiling his kids and buying them shit that they don't need. Disneyland dad. Yeah. And so I started thinking about that and myself and kind of my relationship with my children. And I began to realize that, and I I didn't begin to realize, I've been aware of it for a while, but that I have a pretty high level of dad guilt. and But it's different than Ash's mom guilt because I don't ever feel guilty about the type of food that we give wild. But there are a lot of things that I do feel guilty about. Like what? Well, so that's a good question. So with Ellie, you know, obviously a big part of it is I don't feel like I'm there enough. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel like I'm available I feel guilty if I don't go to her swim meets. I feel guilty just that I'm not more present in her life. I feel like I don't know her at all. Mm-hmm. But with Wild, it's interesting because I know that he doesn't he doesn't have memories yet and he's not going to develop memories for a couple of years. But I still feel guilty that I'm not doing shit with him. Like we have all this snow and I have just been like dying inside, like legitimately guilty and like uneasy that I haven't like put him in his little backpack mm-hmm. and walked him around in the snow or like taken him snowshoeing, you know, or put him in his backpack to take him fly fishing the like the one or two times I go a year. Yeah. I feel guilty about the fact that like I haven't done those things with him or with Ellie. You know, these things that like I feel like in my mind I should be you know, especially with wild and I guess it's sexist and this kind of gender thing, but you know, I should be more doing more manly shit with him even though he's just barely over a year old Mm -hmm. and so yeah so those are some of the things that i think that you know kind of off the top of my head that i i feel guilty about i feel guilty when i'm not like when you like tonight for example i was tired again like i was laying on the couch and i was falling asleep as he was sitting on my lap you know i'm kind of nodding off And so you ended up taking him to give him a bath even after you just got done making dinner. And I felt like crazy guilty about that. Like I felt crazy guilty that that was not time that I was spending with him that I had fallen asleep instead. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily like there was also a a huge amount of guilt that I had inconvenienced you and that you were now having to like pick up the slack. And so I felt really, really bad about that. But also bad that I was like missing out on this 20-minute bath session with him yeah even though i you know have been with him off and on all day long i still felt guilty for not fulfilling that role god this chair is so squeaky can you put some wd-40 on that it's just like everything about like every time i even just like shift my weight just a little bit it just it's awful i just have to like impulse by statue 
Impulse buy. God, screw you, Wayfair. Impulse buy. Impulse <laughs> Bad buy. Bad play date. <laughs> the audience is not going to know what no, we're talking about. No, they're not going to get that. Uh, see, I, it's funny to hear that you say you have dad guilt with Wild because I thought it was just Ellie and just, oh, I don't see her that much. I thought, you know, I understand that guilt, but I didn't realize that it uh, extended to to feeling guilty about doing or not doing things with wild too. Oh yeah. I I I generally do feel feel bad that I'm not like taking him with me like hiking, that I'm not doing outdoor shit with him to try and like give him that education early on so that by the time he's older we're already in the habit and he's used to it. He's grown up mm-hmm. kind of outside. Yeah. You know, and it's I've had this idea for this po- this other podcast for a long time, but I feel like there's a very real, very, I guess, tangible um, problem, I guess. I, I, I'm not wording this correctly. With, with the idea of masculinity with father-son relationships, I think that growing up, my dad and I, and I have inherited it, had a very unrealistic expectation for what it is to be a man mm-hmm. and what it is to be considered masculine. And, you know, like he always talks about going like fly fishing and going and doing all kinds of like shit like together. And I have kind of inherited that. And so there's a lot of things that I feel like I should be doing because I'm a man. Yeah. And especially now that I have a son, you know, and I've always felt that way. Like I've always tried to raise Ellie to do those things with me. Like she's gone backpacking with me a number of times. She's gone fly fishing with me once. She's gone snowboarding with me. But there's something about this, the fact that now I have this son, I have this like guilt of I need to raise him outside. You know, I need to mm-hmm. do more. And so the fact that I don't do more of those things on my own means that I probably won't do those things with him. And even though that hasn't happened yet, I feel guilty about it like already. And so like when I have opportunities to go snowshoeing or go backpacking in the snow and I don't go like I feel bad for myself but I also see that as like me like potentially like taking or affecting him because it's me not doing those things so then I won't be in the habit of doing those things Mm -hmm. and then as he gets older we won't do those things together and he won't grow up to be the right kind of man yeah I get that it's a very flawed perception of of masculinity i guess yeah it seems like there's just a lot of pressure to do things that are quote-unquote manly because if you don't then you're not going to be viewed as a man even though people may not even know that you're doing or not doing these things oh yeah it's all internal like it's not and that's the i think the biggest difference between dad guilt and mom guilt as we were talking about it a couple months, weeks ago, whenever we we did, I don't know. Yeah. Is mom guilt, I think, is very much cultural and very much like external. I think that you, and especially I think it's gotten worse with social media, but you feel like a shitty mom for everything you do. And a lot of that's external, like a lot of that's yeah. cultural. Whereas I feel like a shitty dad and I'm not doing things the right way, but it's all internal because men don't talk about it. Like there's not daddy blogs. No. You know, the same way that I'm sure they exist, but I've never sought one out. And, and it seems like uh, women are at least more vocal about being critical of other women. 
So, and I'm sure a lot, a lot to do with it is societal norms. I don't even know if that's a word. It is. Societal? Both of those are words. Well, I know norms is a word. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it used to be women raised the children. And so the dads is like, I go to work, I bring home money, and then that's it. Yeah. Like, maybe I'll bounce my kid on my knee for a minute before they go to go bed. And throw the old baseball. Yeah. But it was, it wasn't like dads being like an active part of a kid growing up, you know, that it was different back then. And so it's obviously changed tremendously, but there's still that those roles are still very defined and especially how people like internalize those roles. Like I'm the man, these are my expectations versus I'm the woman. These are my expectations. And even if it's not the expectations like in your marriage or your relationship, it's just, well, it's how society has always done things. So yeah, I have to do things that way too. And well, so it's, I feel like just with the, the history, it's parenting with women is going to be talked about more than it is with men. Yeah. I agree. And and I think women, like you said, are very much quicker to to call each other out on stuff and to be openly critical. They can just be catty little bitches. Right? Yeah. But I don't think that men, like I can't imagine, you know, I don't really have a lot of male friendships. Like I don't, I'm not friends with men for some reason. And that's always, and this has nothing to do with anything, but that's always something that I've genuinely resented or been envious of is those guys that have like the strong, like the big group of bros from high school on and Mm -hmm. their wives are all friends and their kids all grow up together. Yeah. You know, I have a couple of really good male friends, but we're not, you know, it's one off here and there and we don't hang out often and most of them live out of state. But I've always been very jealous of those guys that have that, you know, that strong. Yeah, me too. I mean, I only have like, one or two friends yeah your friend group is small as well and then like even growing up i had like two best friends but it wasn't like the three of us played together it was like i'd play with you and then i'd play with you and then it's always kind of been that way and so i'm i'm the same way i'm very envious of like these groups of women that's like oh we're having a girls trip and we're going here for our girls trip and i'm like oh i don't have girls to have a girls trip with so Speaking I totally, which, I totally if get any that. of you girls want to go on a girls trip with Ashley for her birthday in June, <laughs> she's celebrating her thirtieth, and we're we're going to be starting auditions <laughs> to play the role of friends. You're making me uncomfortable. This is like, <laughs> what's that movie where they need a best man? I love you, man. Yeah, and he's just scouring to try and find yeah. guys. Except if I were to do that and get on like an online app to try and find that, I would just find a bunch of girls that's like. You want to hook up? I'm not gay or anything, but I'll hook up with you because that's what girls do sometimes. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> how he was on, looking online to try oh, and find friends. Yeah. And there was only like the one gay guy he came across. Yeah, it would but have if, been a lot higher on the woman's If I were to do that, it's like, oh, you're looking for a friend. Okay, yeah. I can be your friend. Yeah. Wink, wink, wink. Yeah. Anyways, side note. <clears throat> um, So I did a little bit of research surprise um this is just off motherly i bet that's the, probably the same blog did you just search dad guilt yeah yeah that's the same blog i read anyways 
I'll uh, go ahead and share with the group. Please do. So it says that according to a recent study, nearly one-fifth of men surveyed reported feeling guilty about not being present enough with their kids, while 17% reported they felt bad about how much they worked, and then 63% of working fathers said they were envious of stay-at-home dads. Which is another thing that's kind of like taboo, like, oh, you're a stay-at-home dad? Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, can you not get a job? Like, what's wrong with you? Well, and that's, I I was headed in that direction because that's another area of guilt that I feel like, and it goes back to kind of these like cultural uh, genderals, mm-hmm. is I, there's very much like this feeling of inadequacy because I don't feel like I make enough money to provide for for Wild or for Ellie the things that I feel like they they should have or the lifestyle that I feel like they should have. Mm. And it's and it's for immediate stuff like right now but also like for the future. Like I see wild and I and I you know sometimes when I'm putting him to bed and I'm rocking him to sleep I'll think where are we going to be in 5 years? You know, where are we going to be in 6 years? Like when you go to start kindergarten or first grade, are we still going to be living in this house? God, I hope not. Well, I do too, but that's the thing is like then I start to feel that kind of that guilt again of like I should be doing more to provide them financially with stuff and not I don't mean stuff like material materialist things but like a nice house like a you know a you know the stability of being like we're gonna live in the same house until you graduate from high school yeah and so I very much feel guilty uh, about that because I don't I don't feel like I make enough money to be confident that I'm doing everything that I can for the kids. So I've always been curious about this because I know that I feel like a lot of men feel that way, regardless if they have kids, especially I think men who are, their wives are pregnant and it's like, what if she wants to stay home? So I know there's a lot of guilt around men and how much they make and how can they provide for their families. So you, I don't even know how to word it. Because I feel the same guilt. Like, I feel like, oh, I should be making more money to help us get into a bigger house or a better house. When you have, like, this guilt and this anxiety about, like, bringing home the bacon, so to speak, Mm -hmm. do you get, like, do you think about, like, my income? No. Or... That's not even a factor. Hmm. So and that kind of goes back to what you're talking about, like with the stay-at-home dads, like that shame of like being a stay-at-home dad. Yeah, is because if you're a stay-at-home dad, that means your wife is providing all the income, mm-hmm. and you're and 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 you think about it this way, and this is what's really fucked up, is because you're like, oh, well, I'm not contributing. Well, if the roles are reversed, and would you say that about your wife that if she's a stay-at-home mom that she's not contributing? Yeah, and you'd be like, no, of course not. Like she's at home, she's with the kids, like. That's not her job, you know? Yeah. But as a man, there's like this weird expectation of I can't be home with the kids because then I'm not contributing because I'm doing just kid shit, you know? See, and that's... And not bringing home a check. That's how I feel. If I were to be a stay-at-home mom, I feel like I would have that guilt, that same, well, I'm not contributing. Like, I would feel guilty that you had to go and work and bring home twice the amount so that I could just stay home all day. 
Yeah. Even though it's a ton of work. Like Oh, it's not it's bonkers. Like we only have one kid. I don't know how for all of you stay at home moms that have one kid or more, like holy shit, I don't know how you do it. And for all you stay at home moms who don't have a kid or like work go to at, work. Work at get a home job. Moms. You're not a stay at home mom if you don't have a kid. I was talking about that um <laughs> on my Instagram stories today because Wild is so crazy busy all the time, twenty four seven, and I love him for it. I used to like wish he was different and there's times I do like wish they just mellow out a little bit. Yeah. But I I love him and I love his personality and I wouldn't change it. But holy shit. Between you being home cuz it's one thing like I do it every day on Monday by myself. Right. Or not every day, every week on Monday by myself. And it's still like it's exhausting and it's crazy, but it's fine, but it it's changes like the atmosphere when you're home. And when we're both like working from home, because I'm going to be honest, my job uh, is pretty easy. And so it doesn't take a lot of brain power for me to like work from home and it's slowing down. So there's not like consistent work where I can care for him the majority of the day. But this uh, obligation of us both being home and us both working and him still being crazy all the time i'm like how do you moms do this all day long how do you stay at home moms do it or how do you work at home work from home moms do this i can't imagine trying to do this every single day where i'm trying to work but he still needs my attention 24 7 and then yeah it's nuts he's he's busy he's so crazy busy i'm sure everyone who would answer that question moms or dads who stay at home or work at home will be like well you just do it yeah you just do yeah and that's why we drink (laughs) (laughs) bottle of wine i i had one person respond and they're like well a glass of wine when they go to bed usually does the trick (laughs) for for them for them or for you and they they said that (laughs) no i meant for the baby or for you (laughs) (laughs) yeah right little benadryl for you little wine for mom (laughs) you don't drink wine but uh, it was it's just what people I, say, I know, dude. All right? But I think that, and that's interesting that you asked me that because no, like when I think about where we live and my ability to provide and the kinds of things that I provide, it has no. I, I don't take your um, your income into consideration at all. It's and and I think that one, it's a cultural thing, you know, as far as like a gender role that I feel like I I should be the provider, mm-hmm. but two, logistically. I have a master's degree that I don't use and a, you know, a shitload of student debt. So I have, and I have a undergrad. Hmm. And so logistically. Can you even get a master's degree without an undergrad? Baby. Uh, uh, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> the I have point a master's is, degree and I have a bachelor's degree and I have well, an associate's degree. Are you done? Yeah. The. And I have a high school diploma. <laughs> I thought you said you were done. And I have an Eagle Scout award, so... Hey, I wasn't even going to bring that up. (laughs) The point I was trying to make 30 minutes ago, before Ash interrupted me, was that logistically, I am in a better position to make more money and to be the main provider because my degrees (laughs) put me in a better position to, you know, to take home a higher wage, you know, a higher salary. Not that I'm more... you know, capable or smarter than you. It's just 
the fact of the, the you it know, just it's is just what the, it is. It is what it is. The, a degree takes on more money. Yeah. Usually, that's not always the case, and it's definitely shifting away from that to where a degree is now just, you know, it's it doesn't necessarily hold the weight yeah. that it once did. However, I do know that that has been an impediment in your ability to find higher paying work. Yeah. You know, I think that you probably would be, it'd be easier for you to find work outside if you had a degree. However, I feel like with the route that you're on, you know, more of like a creative thing, a degree doesn't matter anymore yeah. well, in that end. I feel like the route I've taken with this company and the last company is you get your foot in the door and then you move up and they don't really give a shit if you have a degree or no. not. If they want you to have a degree badly enough, they'll pay for you to go sure. to school. It's just getting in. Yeah. Um, no, I I think it's just my own anxiety that that was wondering that or that thinks that because like when I think to myself, oh, I don't make enough. I don't, I don't provide enough. I don't think of your income. And, yeah. And so I just didn't, I didn't know if it was the same no. reverse or if it was because, you know, well, we talked about like with my job now, it's uh, pretty flexible. Like I, I, I only work four days a week and so I'm obviously not bringing home as much money as I could if I was working five days a week and we had, you know, kind of gone back and forth if I wanted to go a different route or work more hours. And, and so I didn't know if, if you already having this guilt about like not providing enough if that played like into it. No. And, and we've talked about that a lot and that's kind of that, that, I guess that male ego, you know, that, machismo of no i want you to be home yeah with the boy i want you to have that time even though it costs us money you know and it's a, a loss of income to me that's more important than the income but it also to me is like okay well if ash is home four days you know one day a week mm-hmm. and is not making that much money then in order to keep her home or to keep that flexibility then i need to make more money to subsidize that yeah, I just didn't know if there was any like resentment with that, or if it was just like the male mentality of like, no, this is what needs to happen. And yeah, no, there's no resentment. I, I just genuinely feel like that's my job. Like that's my my role is if you are in a position where you can stay home with your son, even if it's only one day a week, then mm-hmm. it's my responsibility to make that happen and yeah. to keep us afloat instead of coming back to you and being like all right you got to go back to work sorry like yeah we need more money well i know that when i was on maternity and it was coming to a close and it was really really hard the thought of going back to work you like you were very like i don't even know the right word uh guilty i guess about not being able to yeah say nope quit your job yeah be stay-at-home mom with him yeah i yeah i felt bad that i didn't even that wasn't even an option for you where i could go to you and be like look it'll be tight but i think we can swing it yeah. if you want to stay home like there was no conversation the time when your maternity ended it was like all right well you're going back to work like yeah that's just there is no there's no around there's nothing to do around it and we had never that was never the expectation. I know with a lot of uh, people, that's the expectation well before they have kids. Yeah. And so they just, 
either the man makes enough money or they work things out before they have kids so that it's like there's no questions asked. But for us, it was never the expectation. It was just like, wow, I had this kid and I really love being home with him and I wish I could be home with him all the time. But we just relied heavily on my income, so... Well, and I mean, and we just like having stuff. Like, we yeah. could have made it work. We have two cars. We could have gone down to one. Well, and we have, like... The biggest fucking cable package in the world. <laughs> yeah. So we could have cut that down. You know, there are, there are things that we could have done to to stretch and make that happen, and we could not spend the money like we do. Mm-hmm. You know, and our credit card debt would be less because we would be more responsible. So if we were... You know, if you think about one car... And we didn't have the eight or nine hundred dollars a month in credit cards, yeah, plus your car payment, which is what puts us at like fourteen hundred mm-hmm. fourteen hundred dollars a month plus the daycare is five fifty, so that's almost two thousand dollars a month without even touching our ginormous cable package, yeah, and our internet, so that would be you know that's two thousand dollars a month that could keep you home, mm-hmm. but we just aren't those people. Maybe the next kid. If. If there's a next kid. Fuck off, bro. It's when. <laughs> but I think, you know, and I don't know. I, I was going to put something out on Instagram, but I'm shitty at Instagram and I didn't do like any type of poll. But I don't know if this is something that other men or other dads go through because, again, men don't really talk about it. Like I wouldn't go to the... Oh, this is where I was headed before when I went off on a tangent about not having male friends. I wouldn't go to the few guys that I work with and be like, hey, do you guys ever feel shitty about being dads? <laughs> yeah. Like, do you guys ever feel like you're not good dads? And they'd kind of look at me like, what? I'm like, I don't know, guys. Just I just feel like there's a lot that I could be doing. And I just feel like I'm not the best dad that I could be. And last night, I let Wild eat crackers for dinner. And I'm really just, <laughs> I'm really hating myself for it right now. You should do... Uh, like an Instagram, like one of those funny Instagram accounts and just do that, but play the role of mom and like the things mom, we mom guilt over or talk about with our friends and do it like a guy's thing. Like, I think that'd be funny. Yeah, it would be if I were that clever. Yeah. But it's, you know, and, but that's the thing is like, why are there no dad blogs is because no one's willing to write about it or because dads don't give a shit and aren't necessarily wanting to read about it like they aren't searching for it you know it's kind of a chicken the egg thing i don't know i don't think it's they don't give a shit i just think it's i don't have you ever googled like how to be a better mom or like how to like make your kids sleep better or eat oh yeah all all the fucking time see and i've never once googled (laughs) why doesn't my kid sleep you just hope he figures it out. You hope I figure it out. Figure it out. Well, there's your answer to why there's no daddy vlogs. Because <laughs> again, they, it goes back to they just don't give a shit. Yeah. And or so, they have a spouse or baby mama that is there to give all the shits. Yeah. But I think that, and but it goes back to the guilt being different. Like I'm not, I don't feel guilty about his food. Like he's eating food. Like I don't, I don't that doesn't affect my self-esteem or like my, my fuck. I don't know. What about Ellie though? Like she's older. Right. And say I wasn't in the picture and you're living alone. She comes over. 
and she eats like I don't know what's like an unhealthy breakfast. Anyway, she eats like super shitty like ice cream. No, that's just over the top ridiculous. Like just sugar. Would cereal. you just let her eat like? Would you feel good about like going to McDonald's and Chick Fil A and Wendy's for every single meal that you feed her? It. <laughs> You'd feel okay with that. That's you know what. Here's the thing though. Okay, <laughs> if you had I feel her, like you're setting me up here. I if you had her all the time. If I had her full time, no, I would be more. I would definitely. And this is again goes back to that part. Fuck off! I'm sorry. It goes back to that part time dad thing that syndrome is because a i know that she eats better in quotes at her mom's house and b and more importantly she swims her ass off you know she's been swimming practice five or six days a week there's a lot of skinny guys who have shitty cholesterol and (laughs) die of heart attacks because their arteries are clogged well i I know but also like (laughs) you think of like what's his name when he's in training he eats like 12,000 calories a day. So there are... You're talking about The Rock? No, but yeah, okay. I mean, that's one example. But no, I was talking about the swimmer guy, uh, Michael Phelps. <sighs> but yeah, The Rock's fucking cheat meal. But Cheat meal, keyword. The, Not everyday meal. <laughs> okay, but the point... <laughs> this is, you're really just... You're, you're kind of pissing me off tonight. <laughs> I'm just trying to say... I'm just trying to explain her... myself... <laughs> The point I'm trying to make is that under the circumstances where I don't have her full time, plus she swims, I am, I guess, more okay with the idea that we would go out to eat more often or I would kind of be a little bit more lax on her diet because I know that the other 90% of her life, she's making good decisions. And so that's kind of where that Disneyland dad mentality comes in is like, I'm okay with like having a weekend every two weeks where we don't do chores and we kind of go to the park or we go to the zoo or we do shit. And this is, you know, a completely different topic, you know, that we're, we're on because I know in my mind, at least I pretend that the other, the rest of the time that she's not with me, she's doing homework and she's doing school and she's doing swim practice and she's doing chores and all these other things that she does. So it doesn't seem as severe when she comes over and this is all in the you know more in the past than it is now. I, my mentality has changed, but that I'm just telling you the the mentality that went was going into it when I lived by myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel as guilty about staying up late because it was it felt like it was so the the instances that it, when it happened were so few and far in between that I didn't feel like there would be negative repercussions because it was all outweighed by all the other shit that she does at her mom's house. And so I feel like I was more than anything, I was adding balance to her life. So instead of it being so completely one-sided of, you know, school, swim, homework, it was like, okay, well, that's all on one side. We need to have some fun on the other side to balance that out. Yeah, I know. I get that. I'm just saying, you're like, I don't feel guilty about what Wild eats. I'm just trying to say, because he's a baby. Yeah, Whatever he eats is in our favor because he's a picky toddler. So I'm, I was just trying to see if you had Ellie 100% of the time and it was just you, you don't live with your parents or anything, you're the sole person cooking for her, would you be like, 
oh, we're going to have pizza tonight, and then we're going to do tacos tomorrow, and then we're no, going to do Chick-fil-A the next night. No, absolutely not. No. Okay. But I also wouldn't be Googling, what should I feed my 11-year-old? I would like look up meals, and I would plan menus and stuff, and I would shop, and I would make food, but I wouldn't be looking for other parents. I wouldn't be looking for other blogs or support groups for someone to tell me how to feed my 11-year-old. Yeah, well, I don't... I don't look for support groups that tell me how to feed wild. It's just a guilt that I have. Yeah, and I and I wouldn't. I don't think even if I had Ellie full time, I don't feel like I would feel guilty about what she ate. I think that it would be like I'm going to do the best I can, and at the end of the day, she'll eat what she eats. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's the difference between mom, dad, and. Mom guilt and dad guilt is that I don't... There's things that you feel guilty about that don't even... That moms care and dads don't. (laughs) (laughs) I guess your end, it's more about what are you doing? Like the guilt you have is on the child. Like how is he going to grow up? Is he healthy? Is he eating right? Is he sleeping right? Am I doing enough for him? You know, in those matters. Whereas me, I feel like it's more personal personal like i'm less (laughs) selfish guilt yeah no it's less concerned i'm less concerned about those types of things and more like am i doing enough am i present enough am i providing enough am i mom mom guilt's the same though it's just i think it's everything you're feeling but more it's more because i feel those things too like am i a good enough mom blah 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 but then i also i'm like comparing myself to other moms that I see and like wondering for his best interests. So it's just like a compact big ball of guilt. So one the one thing that I and I had meant to put on my poll and I didn't. And if you guys want to email me and fill me in on this, I would love to hear from you at this is marriage podcast at gmail.com. But I wanted to ask you, Ash, because I don't know the answer to this. Is to you what constitutes a good dad? Like, how do you define like a good dad? Because I have people tell me, oh, wow, you're such a good dad. Like, I love seeing you with your kids. You're such a good dad. And then I have times where I'm like, holy shit, I'm probably like, I know I'm not the worst dad in the world. Like, that'd be an awful exaggeration. But I don't feel like I'm doing as much as I should be or that I could be. And so, what then? And we'll kind of end on this is what makes a good dad like how would you define that um so i'm gonna say this when we very first started dating i back before any issues with ellie ever surfaced and i'm like oh she's just this cute little kid innocent little thing and i would like see i think we're like friends on facebook at this point you know it was before i ever met her after we were dating because I met her before. Right. And I remember being like, wow, you're such a good dad because like you were present, you were involved, you were like a gushing dad, like look at my daughter, blah, blah, blah. Like, and then not saying that I'm like, wow, you're a shitty dad, but the, the Disneyland dad thing really, your perception changed. Oh, like drastically because like my, I guess my idea of a good dad was based on like how I grew up because that's only the only dad I have to compare to. But your like lack of discipline, your lack of like 
calling her out when she was doing like rude things or whatever when I was there or I remember you posted something on Facebook about her being a little shit and you're like oh ha 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 look how funny she's being or something and I'm like what the fuck why are you taking a picture and laughing at it instead of like disciplining your kid and so that completely altered my perspective I my totally know per- exactly which one you're talking about perception Jim. and and so it wasn't like wow you're a really shitty dad it was just different because like the discipline wasn't there the structure wasn't there the I mean I'm sure you were still teaching her things but I guess like so these can be like qualities I guess that I would say a good dad has, you know, being there for your kids, being present, showing them love and support, um, teaching them like right from wrong, giving them like tough love when they need to, giving them discipline, giving them structure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Providing for them. Okay. No, that all makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I try not to. Uh, oh God! I keep kicking the table. Try not to internalize that too much. Can I really say anything at this point that would hurt <laughs> your feelings that you haven't already heard? <laughs> no, there is absolutely nothing that you could say. Um, but no, and I, I think that that makes sense, and I think that you know, based off of those definitions, and I'm, I probably am doing a, a decent job. I, I think that Brandon has told me this before where he says parents take way too much blame and also way too much credit. It's like your kind your kids are kind of going to be who they're going to be. Yeah. And so parents will take way too much credit when they turn out they have really good kids and their kids are great. Then, you know, a lot of parents are like, yeah, I'm a fucking amazing parent. It's like your kid learns how to walk and the parents yeah, get praised like, yeah, for I'm it. Pretty awesome. <laughs> you know, and but when they're shitty, parents take way too much blame. Like, oh my god, I must have I must have fucked up this kid somewhere along the lines. I'm a shitty parent. Like I've done awful things when it's like, yes and no. Like there are probably things that may have contributed to it, but you know, there's also studies that show like your kid is going to be who they're going to be. Like there's, yeah, they are who they are. They have their own personalities. They have their own strengths and their own flaws. And you can only take so much accountability. And I guess this cat. a way, um, a better way to say what I was trying to say earlier so in the beginning, don't eat that cordy little shit. <laughs> don't talk back to me. Goddamn podcast. <laughs> so it's not necessarily the things she was doing because she was like six, turning seven when we first got together. Right. It wasn't necessarily the things she was doing. It was how you reacted to them. I think so. We're, and I thought we were going to wrap up, but just to kind of give some context on this thing that Ash is talking about at one point. With Ellie, I was at the park with her because, you know, we went to the park all the time. And it was time to go, and she had climbed up to this, like, tall part of the jungle gym. And she was on, like, the very very highest part of this jungle gym that she had climbed up on. And she was being obstinate, and she was kind of refusing to come down. And at that moment, you know, you can be one of two people. You can be that person who's on the ground and who's just like, hey, you're going to make me count. I'm going to count. I'm pissed off. One, oh, now I'm at one. I'm pissed off. You better come down. Oh, there's two. Uh-oh, you better come down. 
and then it's like, then what are you going to do? Are you going to get pissed off and like walk away? Are you going to try and like climb up there? And so I just, there are things that I get mad at and things that I don't. And in this case, I was more, I guess, uh, impressed, <laughs> you know, with her tenacity and that, that she would climb the way that she did and kind of just have this like hold out mentality. And I was like, I know she's going to come down. I'm not going to get pissed about it because I'm not, if I get pissed and I climb up there, then she's just going to climb down and I look like an idiot because I'm now she's going to be able to navigate that jungle gym faster than I am. And so I'm going to just look like this idiot or I like walk away and then she comes running after me, like whatever. And so, and we have had those moments, but at that moment, I was just, I guess, more impressed by her spirit and by like her kind of like, I'm making up my own mind. I'm going to, I'm my own person. Obviously there are different ways to, to play that out. And there are learning example, you know, there's our learn teaching opportunities in that moment. But I don't feel like necessarily getting angry and trying to like prove a point in every instance of disobedience is the right way to go either. Yeah. I'm not talking about just that. Well, you mentioned that I mentioned, you mentioned that one and how it kind of changed your mind about things. Yeah. It was that. And then, and so I'm just trying to provide some context. Okay. Yeah. And so there were conversations that followed of like, you know, when it's time to go, it's time to go. We're not going to go to be able to come to the park again as a consequence. Like there were things that we talked about after the fact as we were in the car, but I didn't really at that moment, I didn't think that it was necessary for me to react and get pissed off and, and blow it up. So that's, that's the context there for that one story. But I'm, I'm just saying it was like multiple, multiple things for the first year of my interaction with her since we were dating at least of she would do things that I perceived as being, I don't know. Disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. And she's never like flat out been like, like, fuck you. You're not my mom. But there are definitely things about the way that she's been raised both by myself and by grandparents and by her mom, that the way that she interacts with adults is very different than what you expected or what you believe kids should act towards adults. And so there was definitely, you know, an adjustment on both both sides. Yeah. So that's what I'm that. saying. It. I use this example or analogy all the time, but it's like, if a dog is jumping on me, I'm going to get pissed off at the dog. I'm not going to get my initial reaction is not to get pissed off at the owner for not tra- training the dog to not jump on me. I'm going to get pissed off at the dog. Sure. And so, like, looking back, I can say... It wasn't something she did. It was what you, yeah, how you reacted right. towards it. I agree. And so I'm not saying like you're the shitty dad and you raised this awful kid because she's going to be who she is regardless. It's just in my mind, the reaction could have been different. Sure. No, and that makes sense. And also, you know, so that's what put the bad I have, taste. In I my feel mouth. like I have gotten a lot better as a dad since you came into the picture. Because you call me out on my shit and you like let me know when things aren't going the way that they should. And you know, when you came into it, I had only I'd been divorced 
I want to say only like a, two years, I think. She was just turning seven, so I don't know. Yeah, so three, I guess. And so I guess it wasn't as much like I was trying to get my feet under me and kind of figure stuff out. But I do want to acknowledge you on the podcast because I feel like, you know, we've talked a lot about your relationship with her. And I feel like that has has grown leaps and bounds just over the past couple months. Yeah. So I wanted to acknowledge you publicly to kind of tell you how impressed I am and how grateful I am for the effort that you have made as a mom to her. Thanks. You know, and even to the point where she called you mom, like that was. Yeah, I feel like that was more of an accident than her like genuinely you know, just, calling just mom. Just don't, just take it for what it is. You know, and I think. I don't think I can take all the credit. I think she has grown up a lot. Yeah. And she matured. And Absolutely. But I think that you're making more effort. And so I just wanted to commend you and tell you how much I appreciate that. I appreciate that you appreciate me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you guys have any input on dad guilt, I would love to to hear from you because I don't I don't feel like I I necessarily know more, you know, about myself. I, I think that having a father son thing is, is going to be a little bit different for me than my relationship with my daughter. And I think and, the guilt or the expectations associated with father-son relationships are going to be different and your guilt's probably going to be a lot different. Well, especially because it's a full-time thing. You know, yeah. Ellie was gone by the age of four. She was part-time. You mm-hmm. know, I only had her on the weekends. And so I never really felt like much of a dad. You know, I felt like I was a babysitter. Yeah. Whereas with Wild, like that's a full-time gig. And so... Once he hits four and beyond, like that's going to be like uncharted territory for me. So, and I do think, you know, that combined with the fact that it's now, like you said, the expectation of having a son mm-hmm. and that father son, that, you know, flawed masculinity yeah. is, is definitely real, whether it's cultural or innate. I don't, you know, I think that there is definitely issues there. Speaking of flawed masculinity, this had a lot of controversy, but if you haven't watched the Gillette commercial, I would definitely recommend that and you I do so. I would love to hear your feedback on it because, yeah, like Ash says, a little, speaking of men and guilt yeah. and dad guilt, there are a lot of a lot of people who just lost their shit over that. A lot of men took their message the complete wrong way and read into it when they were not obviously intending to do. And they actually, you know, call themselves out for being part of this flawed masculine masculinity so yeah no but just thinking about that it reminded me of that commercial so if you just google gillette commercial or gillette i'm pretty sure if you google gillette commercially it will come up if you haven't heard about it yet yeah just roll out from underneath your rock and how are you listening to this podcast (laughs) anyway (laughs) how do you do how do you know what podcasts are (laughs) how did you find us all right. Well, big shout out to all of you. If this is your first time listening, thank you for being here. Thanks for being part of the family. I'm glad you found us. If you like us, rate, review, subscribe. Share it with a friend. Yeah. Even if you don't like us. Uh, Let us know. Rate, but review. Yeah. Tell Just us why. Giving we had us... someone give us two stars, but no comments. I was like, fuck that noise. Like, No, if you're going to criti- be critical, tell us what we're being so shitty at like we know we're shitty but come on we'd like to know at least give us some constructive criticism some things that we can improve on like we we probably don't tell maybe don't tell 30 minute stories and i'll be like i will consider that but i 
don't know how to tell a short story. <laughs> she literally doesn't. I do not know how. She could be telling you how she went to the store and bought milk and came back and it will turn into like a 30, 45 minute story. Yeah, no I don't joke. know why you'd be telling somebody about why you went to the store and bought milk. But I'd probably tell Kyle because I tell her literally everything. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Um, also, don't forget... We are taking auditions for Ash's birthday party. If you want <laughs> to be friends, so if you want to be friends with Ash and go on a girls' trip with her in June, hit us up at thisismarriagepodcast at gmail.com. Also, at our Facebook at this is marriage support group on our Facebook group. Yeah, please don't really do that. And you can view all of our current applicants podcasts. Oh, oh <laughs> we should do. We should have vote. Uh, not that anyone will apply, but um, oh. you can view all of our archived episodes at. This is marriagepodcast.com. I am Porter. Please include a headshot of yourself with yeah. your application. Headshot and a brief resume. <laughs> I'm Ashley. This has been another episode of This is Marriage Podcast. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.